and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about neonatal resuscitation. And if you want to follow along with written notes on this topic, you can follow along at zerodefinals.com slash neonatal resus or in the neonatology section of the Zero to Finals pediatrics book. So let's get straight into it. When you're responsible for performing resuscitation, it's important to always check the local and national guidelines get appropriate training and have assistance from an experienced person. This is an overview for the purpose of helping your understanding and learning the underlying principles of neonatal resuscitation and it's not aimed to be a guideline or to teach you how to perform resuscitation. But it should help you in preparation for your exams. Firstly let's talk about hypoxia and hypoxia is a key aspect of neonatal resuscitation. Normal labour and birth will lead to hypoxia in the baby. During labour, when the mother is experiencing contractions, this squeezes the placenta and makes it unable for the placenta to carry out normal gaseous exchange, and this leads to hypoxia. Extended hypoxia will lead to anaerobic respiration and a subsequent drop in the fetal heart rate, which we call bradycardia. Further hypoxia will lead to reduced consciousness and a drop in respiratory effort and this in turn worsens the hypoxia. And extended hypoxia to the brain leads to hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy or HIE with potentially lifelong consequences in the form of cerebral palsy. Other than hypoxia there are a few other issues that are key in neonatal resuscitation Babies have a large surface area to weight ratio, which means that they can get cold very easily. Babies are born wet, which means they can lose heat very rapidly and again become cold. And some babies are born through meconium, which may get into their mouth and airway and worsen their respiratory distress. Let's talk about the principles of neonatal resuscitation. There's a very helpful neonatal life support algorithm from the UK Resuscitation Council which is available on their website. It's worth learning this as there may be questions that come up on it in your exams. This section aims to just help you understand the basic principles of the algorithm. When performing neonatal resuscitation, always consider whether you need help. Firstly, let's talk about warming the baby. And you want to get the baby dry as quickly as possible. This can be achieved with vigorous drying with a towel and this has the added benefit of stimulating the baby to encourage their deep breathing and crying. You also want to keep the baby as warm as possible with warm delivery rooms and management under a heat lamp. Babies under 28 weeks are placed into a plastic bag while they're still wet and managed under a heat lamp to make sure they can serve heat. Next you want to calculate the APGAR score. And this is done at 1, 5 and 10 minutes, whilst the resuscitation continues. The APGAR score is used as an indicator of the progress over the first few minutes after birth. And this helps guide neonatal resuscitation efforts. Another key aspect is to stimulate breathing. Providing vigorous stimulation to the baby prompts them to breathe. And this can be achieved through vigorous drying with a towel. Place the baby's head in a neutral position which will help keep their airway open. Putting a towel under the shoulders can help keep the head in a neutral position. If the baby's gasping or unable to breathe, check for airway obstruction, for example with meconium. And consider aspiration with some suction under direct visualisation. 
let's talk about inflation breaths. Inflation breaths are given when the neonate is gasping or not breathing despite adequate initial stimulation. Two cycles of five inflation breaths, lasting three seconds each, can be given to stimulate breathing and to improve the heart rate. If there's no response and the heart rate is low, 30 seconds of ventilation breaths can be used. If there's still no response, chest compressions can be used, coordinated with the ventilation breaths. Technique is very important in delivering effective inflation breaths. Get someone experienced to show you how to perform them. It's essential to maintain a neutral head position and get a good seal around the mouth and the nose. Look for a rise and fall in the chest. When performing inflation breaths, air should be used in term babies or near-term babies and a mixture of air and oxygen should be used in preterm babies. Oxygen saturations can be monitored throughout resuscitation if there are concerns about breathing. And the aim is to get a gradual rise in oxygen saturations not exceeding 95%. Let's talk about chest compressions. You want to start chest compressions if the heart rate remains below 60 beats per minute despite resuscitation and inflation breaths. Chest compressions are performed at a 3 to 1 ratio with the ventilation breaths. So for every three chest compressions, you give one ventilation breath. Finally, let's talk about severe situations. Time is precious during neonatal resuscitation, as prolonged hypoxia increases the risk of hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy. In severe situations, IV drugs and intubation should be considered. Babies that are near or at term, that have possible hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy, may benefit from therapeutic hypothermia with active cooling. And the aim is to cool the body temperature down in order to reduce the risk or prevent the damage to the brain caused by hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy. Next, let's talk about the APGAR score. The APGAR score is measured out of 10. The lowest score is 0 and the highest score is 10. There are five things that you look for in the baby to calculate the APGAR score. The first is the appearance, which is the skin color, and you would score zero for a blue or pale central skin color, one for just blue extremities with pink central skin color, and two for pink all over. The next is the pulse rate. If the pulse is absent, you score zero. If the pulse is below 100, you score one. And if the pulse is above 100, you score 2. The next is grimace, which is the response to stimulation to show that they're uncomfortable and angry to be stimulated. If there's no grimace or no response to stimulation, they score 0. If there's little response, they score 1. And if there's a good vigorous response, they score 2. The next is activity, which is essentially their muscle tone and their muscle movements. If they're floppy and there's reduced tone, they score zero. If they have flexed arms and legs, they score one. And if they're active and they have good tone, they score two. And the final one is respiration. If they're not breathing at all and it's absent, they score zero. If there's slow or irregular breaths, they score one. And if there's good strong breaths or good strong crying, they score two. Finally, let's talk about delayed umbilical cord clamping. 
after birth there's a significant volume of the fetal blood still in the placenta. Delaying clamping of the umbilical cord provides time for the blood to enter the circulation of the baby from the placenta. And this is known as placental transfusion. Recent evidence indicates that in healthy babies, delaying the cord clamping leads to improved hemoglobin, iron stores and blood pressure and also a reduction in intracranial hemorrhage and necrotizing enterocolitis. The only apparent negative effect is that it increases neonatal jaundice, potentially making them require more phototherapy. The current guidelines from the Resuscitation Council in the UK state that neonates that are not compromised should have a delay of at least one minute in the clamping of the umbilical cord following birth. Neonates that do require neonatal resuscitation should have their umbilical cord clamped sooner to prevent there being a delay in the baby getting to the resuscitation team. The priority will be resuscitation rather than delayed cord clamping. So thanks for listening to this episode on neonatal resuscitation. Big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. If you found this podcast helpful and you want written notes on this topic and all the other topics, head over to Amazon and pick up a copy of the Zero to Finals Pediatrics book. You can also find a full audiobook version of the Zero to Finals books on Audible, which means you can download all of the audio episodes immediately and take them wherever you go. You can also find notes, videos, illustrations and questions completely free on the Zero to Finals website at zerodefinals.com and I hope you tune in to the next episode where we'll go through normal care after birth.